I think the most important thing is that you can receive information from the ancestors, which are encoded in that art and architecture and in the land. And I believe that there has been ancient civilizations that lived here in harmony with the land and the technology was in harmony with nature. And that has assisted us to live in a, in a golden age on this planet and of which we are descendants from and we are reaching to go back to. So what's most important is like going to these places, you activate this dormant DNA, this dormant information, and it's all in that ley line. It's like uh, you walk through doorways of time. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Universe Game Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Hank Azad. Coming at you for another episode today, we would talk to Frank Joseph. He's a mystic, he's a speaker, he's a writer, he's uh, into film and music. He spent 13 years practicing healing and going beyond trauma. And it was just an incredible conversation. I've been following him for years. And I was, I'm so grateful to have him on today. We talked about a lot of things that people aren't talking about. We talked about sacred sites. We talked about architecture and how that actually works, like how the energy grid works and the geometric nature of uh, what technology that other civilizations had and what that even means and tapping into inner technology. And we talked about the pineal gland. We talked about uh, so many different things and leaving uh, Western culture to undertake a metaphysical understanding even when western culture has a very uh very scared approach to that type of thing and that uh there's so much more than what we've been told in that area so it was a great episode so excited to share it with you today and last thing before we start is that this episode of the universe the game 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 <laughs> podcast is brought to you ad free because throughout because of my book 10 secrets of awakening this is today's sponsor and 10 secrets of awakening is a book to understand consciousness life transformation and self-realization i mean this thing here number one new release on amazon and i'm so grateful that we are the no i can't i that's the so amazing number one new release so grateful to each and every one of you that have gotten this so far and this allows me to keep doing the podcast and to keep stretching the limits of what is possible and to take it to the next step and so grateful so ad free throughout check out the book if you're interested in consciousness life transformation and self-realization otherwise let's get into today's episode with frank okay frank welcome to the podcast today so excited to get into many topics uh that i feel you have an immense amount of wisdom you're and uh you'll probably have heard if you're listening from the intro what he does and what he's about and so right now you're in spain is that correct Yes, I'm in Mallorca, Spain. It's a little island off of uh, Barcelona, Mediterranean. Gotcha. All right. So, you know, one thing about your content and what you're sharing with the world is you have a lot of wisdom when it comes to sacred sites and just like geography and kind of the energy of what's what the earth is, if that makes sense. So how did you like get started with that? And what are some what are some different things that you've discovered through kind of that uh, journey to understand? Yes, thank you for asking about this because I don't think a lot of people understand the significance of sacred sites, what they are and their significance. And for me, um, early on in my career of helping people uh, with their emotional state, um, I would be invited to do retreats all around the world. And I started hosting retreats as well. And so 
the retreats were on connecting human connection. So like I said, we were helping by facilitating a group of diverse people to come together and to bring them through different series of exercises and life experiences that would deepen a heartfelt connection between a diverse group of humans. And it was called tribe design. And uh, this brought me all around the world to some of the most epic places. And what happened was that I would spend time on the land or in a temple or uh, uh, old cathedral, and I would start to become more and more sensitive and begin to have altered states of consciousness, you can say, or I would, I would feel altered and I would get information. And then as my years progressed and my, I grew up and I matured, I began to circulate the earth and go back to these places. And what was so interesting is that when I left these places, somehow the feeling of the land or the feeling of the site lived with me. And the feeling was like an energetic texture that provided me some sort of medicine. Whereas like you, you begin to tune into that feeling and it will, it, it can change my, my emotional state and it can change my mental state and it can connect me to deeper realms of spiritual knowledge that was coming from a way, a whole nother place. And so as I continue deeper and deeper and how, however deep you really want to talk about these things, um, uh, basically I began to learn to access these sacred sites and work with the work with them energetically. And also a lot of the sites are built and I'll, I'll describe to you what a sacred site is in a moment, but a lot of them are built uh, cathedrals around them um, due to the Knights Templar protecting these sacred sites when the relig religious conquest began to change the times. Um, so the Knights Templar were responsible to go around to the old pagan sacred sites because before that people lived in harmony with the earth. It was quite a golden age in some capacity. And, uh, and they, they built these monuments there to protect them. Um, but essentially, um, you can work with the sound because these cathedrals will have sound acoustics, also the pyramids, temples, amphitheaters, and like, for example, in Chichen Itza and the pyramids in Mexico, uh, they have a natural sound acoustics in that whole land. You can clap and it'll hit off the top of the temple and come back as a sound. Yeah, I've seen that. That's of wild. A bird. And so it's all around the ancient world. The sound or sonic technology is all around the ancient world. And in a modern man's mechanical mind, they do not understand the significance of that. But when your heart is open, you sit on the land. And I have had the privilege to not just go as like a, a researcher or someone from the outside, but I got to live and sit with the land as a local in many of these places. And I've been gifted uh, some deeper insights on, on these sacred sites. Wow. So you've traveled to a lot of different countries and you've been, you know, getting it in that way, which is great. You know, I'm kind of jealous because I'm, I'm like, man, that's something that I'd love to do. And so 
And I, you know, with the podcast, that's a goal for everyone listening. My goal is to get around the world and actually talk to Frank in person and, and to do these in person. And that's always been the intention. So you might see a Frank uh, and Nick's eye eventually here uh, in person, which would be legendary. And, Let's uh, go. Would be legendary. Right. And so when you're talking about sacred sites, what do you think gives something the sacredness? What is the energy that a lot that that promotes it into that state where it now becomes sacred? Is it the architecture? Do you think it's like the uh, the intention behind the people that were building it? Or what are some different things? So the architecture consists, the architecture or and or art is all um, a reverberation. Like it is, um, it is the surface of of the depth of the energy. So that is the byproduct of the actual energy. Um, so the symbols, the architecture they're built or written or described in a way and usually encoded um, from a different lens of understanding uh, around the actual energies. And I believe that the ancient people that built them built them by listening to the earth. So um, what is sacred to me is that in the, in the earth, there is something called synchronic lines or ley lines. And they work like an underground uh, river passageways of basically energy, like uh, uh, magnetism, geomagnetism. And so they cross a certain point on the earth. This is what you call the earth grid. And there is also a grid that comes from the sun. And, and you can call, some people call that the ascension grid. Uh, that's more like a cosmological grid, which is a form of energy and information and memory. Whereas in the earth, these lines, there's a, there's a reason why the, these lines are crossing and they kind of hold the energetic integrity of the actual planet. And so when they cross, they create geomagnetism anomalies. So a geomagnetism is basically geography, magnetism. It's the magnetic electrical energy of the land. So when these lines are crossing, it creates an anomaly in the land. Whereas it is, for a metaphysical mindset, basically a portal. A portal is another word for a doorway. So when you're sensitive to energy, these anomalies become basically an alchemical mm, opportunity to reach states of consciousness where you can communicate with higher intelligence, you can regenerate your body, uh, you can release certain time and space which the way you can understand this is that uh, when you're in relationships, you're, you're um, attached by an energetic cord and, um, and it kind of forms your life. The relationships are all mirrors. Everything's just showing you your life in this moment. So when you go with this alchemical energy, those things that you're ready to let go of and to go into the space, you can do it more easily. You can shift time, shift 
patterns. So what I'm saying is that with this geomagnetism, especially in these sacred sites where these ley lines cross and there's these anomalies, it will ease, it will help you easily get into these altered states of consciousness. And if you have the knowledge, you're able to do miraculous things. I mean, you can travel through time and space interdimensionally. And I also believe with your physical body as well, you can uh, communicate to higher intelligence, you can regenerate your body. And then most of all, though, I think the most important thing is that you can receive information from the ancestors, which are encoded in that art and architecture and in the land. And I believe that there has been ancient civilizations that lived here in harmony with the land and the technology was in harmony with nature. And that has assisted us to live in a, in a golden age on this planet and of which we are descendants from and we are reaching to go back to. So what's most important is like going to these places, you activate this dormant DNA, this dormant information, and it's all in that ley line. It's like uh, you walk through doorways of time and the information is there in the energy. If you can just pick it up like a thought that passes your mind, you observe it. Wow, it's information. It's there. And so what that information does, it begins to spark this electricity in your body and awaken even more dormant potential of your DNA um, which is essentially saying that you become more like superhuman, you become stronger, you become more energetic, your cognition increases, the ways you can move, work with your mind um, increases because you have the energy, that energy to do those miraculous things, uh, which is life. So um, sacred sites are about activation and about remembering. And I like I said, it's it's remembering the ancient ancestors that lived in the golden age and they had this technology, just like these sound chambers on on these on using the energy of the earth. And uh that's what we're reaching for. So wow. I know I ramble a little bit. You let me ramble. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey man. It, I don't think it was rambling. Here's the thing. With uh this is my interpretation of that. And you tell me what you think. So basically that geometrically these sites are designed with geometry and that the geometry is in harmony with the universe. And so when you have geometry, like maybe it's a, you know, most people, or many people may know this, not most people as like the, the flower of life is geometric. Uh, the platonic solids are geometric and, and these have certain shapes, which may be in harmony more. So what, what essentially to me you're getting at is that these, these place not only the 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 location but more about the uh, architecture is these civilizations had more much more information than they're made out to be you know a lot of times they're made out to be these really dumb primitive you you know just medieval just fighting each other that's all they're doing and so what we're talking about is that no they actually knew what was going on and so when you're talking about a golden age and uh back back in that day when do you think that that was and what do you think some technology that they had uh that we don't even realize you know well i i believe that uh there's been many different phases i mean to think about this human experience is fascinating i was literally saying to a friend yesterday wow think about how many human beings have lived this experience um but when to answer your question i i think when I'm answering the golden age, I'm thinking about Lumeria. I'm thinking about the Lumerian times and basically as a civilization, 
um, that that really understood the working with the natural forces like the sun, uh, working with that photon energy, uh, working with the water and sound, and that there was a base of, hey, everything is sacred, and our whole civilization is around that. And there's truth. I mean, truth is not a concept. Truth is ingrained inside of our very core, the very fractal of what we are. There's truth. And so it's not a discussion, you know, and I, I feel like there's been a civilization and I, I feel like, and not just feel, but I, I have memories of, of a civilization where uh, it was like this. And uh, I know it's hard to imagine, but can you imagine if we were not using so much energy on uh, trying to solve problems that were created in the first place in 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 ways that are unnatural to our soul and to our heart anyway like it's like it's like problem creating problem creating problem and it's not ever going to the source and so it's just we're wasting so much energy on relational problems or on separation on on the machine and the, the machine does not care about man or woman or human being it is a machine that we're all been a part of and um it actually is unnatural to what we all really truly want and um so i, I what feel do you think like, is at the core at yeah. a, of human want what do you think the core is the core is love the core is what we truly want is love uh yeah we need love we need love because we are love the true human being the true human being needs love because they are love how do you think we take it's hard that? to even yeah i mean most people know love as romance we romance you know and and beloved you know because they want they want they're determined we are determined to love some of the millionaires that we see today and these entrepreneurs they're little traumatized boys that are seeking love and they're getting their love through attention and they're really good at it can you imagine if those skills were dedicated to finding solutions or technological advancements for the human race and of consciousness, you know? Do you think we'll get there? I do believe so, yes. Hmm. I believe there's enough of us that are very powerful, and I believe our time is yet to come. And I believe our ancestors have laid this foundation for us to really do it this time. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Yes. So what are some things that you that uh someone listening could do to tap more into you know and, and how do we how you know the thing is for me when you think about billionaires is like how do we as spiritual beings because I've never been one to say we should everyone who's spiritual should just be this should do nothing and uh, not try and generate abundance for themselves because they deserve that and no. um, when enough of us do that then we get to the point where we have that change so what are some things that you think people can use to empower themselves or maybe some different uh, perceptions that you've had that have changed and allowed you to get to the place where you're at? Well, it's such a tricky game that we're all playing. Yeah. Because 
and I don't want to be mistaken to compare somebody that has reached financial success and a good positive overall lifestyle because of the rebellion from a trauma, which is the case um, for most. Um, and also it's the evolution and triumph of trauma as well. It's a beautiful thing, you know, but, but I don't ever want to criticize finances, but the financial, see, dark, darkness, darkness is misunderstood. I, I'm starting to see that it's not even dark, darkness as the absence of light, but it's more so this machine, this kind of machine that has infected the human mind and the system that we have all accepted it siphons innocence. So it's like we all have good intent and good determination. And it's so fucking complicated and it makes us, you know, overstimulated and in all emo and, and it messes with our mind. So it's a constant game of choices. And it's and it's to recognize that we are in a game. Not to uh, become apathetic. But more so to be like, okay, this is a game. And there are some kind of interesting lower dimensional forces that are really trying to keep this game the way this is. Mm -hmm. And if someone, some one of us, a pure heart, comes up out of that, comes up, you know, they are, they, they lead a new way and they help so many people. That's why it's like a powerful for us to come, to really come up. But then they're faced with all their life challenges too, and um, their integrity and all these things as they get to higher and higher levels of real power. So I'm thinking like, well, it's a game, and the 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 winning the the goal of the game is to is to not fight between the light and the dark, but it's more so to Fight for your truest expression and your love to embody love, to like go through this game and to and to and go through all the heartbreaks and all like the horrible things that you see and witness every day, and then all the beauty. And you still are able to stay in the middle and you're saying, I'm going to shine my light and I'm going to love and I'm going to give because you know the nature of your soul. You know the nature of God within you. So it's like, I feel like we there's going to have to be a change. And I do feel like we are in this we are in this precipice, whether it's in our lifetime or beyond, there's going to be a shift in the system in a massive way. But we also can't rely on other people to do that. We need to play our part. So we have to play this game. Yeah. And to remember it's a fucking game and not to identify with the game and to really stay true to your soul, stay true to your heart. Because if you know you're in the game and you can see it and you can stay true to your heart, then you're not going to, you're going to have discernment. You're going to have discernment and you're going to truly win. And so that's what that's what I feel. I feel like we have to play this game. Okay, money's your game, but be wise. It's a game. You have choices. There's implications. There's timelines. You know, you're going to go over there, but if you go over there, then you're not looking over there. And it's like as much as we want to complain how difficult the game can get, sometimes essentially it is a game. 
and you can win. And we are designed to win because it's our game. This is our game. This is our time. How can it not be? Here we are focused. So there's absolutely a way for us to win. And I feel like that's the, that's the basic evolution. And if we can get through that evolution and still be in this human body, then we can do also remarkable things next. After we master a certain level of the game, then, then there's another layer of the game. You know, and I hope I'm not losing any of your uh, listeners now, but I hope it's just food for thought. You know, I'm a deep thinker. And uh, you're not I, losing I, I anybody. You're on Universe yeah. the Game podcast Good. and you're talking about life being a game. Can you be more okay. on topic? With okay, me? perfect. <laughs> perfect. I don't think so. Light. It's a game, brother. It's a game. I really realized this deeply, but also, like, man, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful when someone is true to their heart. We all experience heartbreak, but there is dimensions to the heart and the soul that are way beyond what you see an ordinary day, day to day. It's so multidimensional. And I'm so blessed to have experienced so many altered experiences that people would not believe. But I had had visceral, direct contact with dimensions and realms and beings and so it's 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 beautiful to know that anybody that is willing to go there can and will be able to see and they will be able to have a direct relationship with their life rather than be just taking by their ident their their personality and their family and their you know their their dramas until they die you know they're they're still beautiful beings you know but they ha they have that possibility inside them if they want to take it I have so many things that I want to ask you right now ask me something okay so first <laughs> off we have the concept of winning the game. And uh, not fighting for the light or the dark. So it's like when you described like being in the middle, it's almost like as an observer of that, you're almost describing like a, a higher understanding way of so-called fighting for the light, but you're not really even fighting. It's like as a natural consequence of who you are, you then diminish just as a byproduct um the separation so it's, yeah that that's kind of where where i'm understanding it's like we don't have to some people are meant to come out and say this is all messed up and this is what you should do and we got to get it all together and some people are like that and then you know that might be fighting and i think there's another a, a greater understanding where you see so many mystics and masters throughout the millennia just sitting on a hill just chilling and meditating and then it's like well why are they doing that and it seems as though there's this metaphysical connection to, that we all have. And uh, when they do that, they realize that, well, I'm not really going to change the game more by telling people because really it's like this concept from Dr. Hawkins' book, Levels of Consciousness. He used to talk about how what needs to happen is not that one person does anything. There's no savior, but rather there's the ocean. When the ocean rises, then it's a natural byproduct that society changes because everyone is lifted up. 
So if everyone gets lifted up through that energy, through that love, and they feel that, like we talked about earlier, with uh, everyone wants to feel love, it, I think that's kind of what a lot of masters have realized, that through my connection to unity, divinity, whatever you want to call it, many names for the same thing, that actually elevates others. And then when we're all able to see, then that's when the change actually occurs. Yeah. Mm. It, yes yes that's just my thoughts yes. on, uh, on um, it's fascinating um, you're right though a lot of great ancient masters have talked about have talked about this neutral path and um you know i think that when we're in our nature we want to give i think there's so many people walking around scared and timid and closed and they're, they're wanting, they want to love, you know? They're just afraid. They don't know how to handle it. This relationship with love is fascinating to watch in another human being. Because I remember when I started to feel more depths of love, like, okay, I had the depths of love by like just feeling God. And then I felt when I found a, a woman, a soul connection in a woman, and we had that bond in our hearts, I felt so much love and then I felt fear and pain. And then I noticed behaviors like, like trying and, and, and then over the years, it's just, wow, is this relationship with love? And I realized the love never leaves. I leave the love. I go to my mind and I start thinking cycles of thoughts that hurt my body and make weird things happen in my reality. But then, like, it becomes like, oh, but the love really never leaves. It is always here. And in certain people's presence, it becomes more apparent and nature becomes more, but it's always here. And I think in that, in that place, we give so much, whether you give it verbally, verbally or we, you give it um, silently. You're emanating this frequency of love and you're giving and then everything gives back to you. And you're kind of in this song. It's, it's a vibration, which is why sound is so interesting because sound is the clearest example of what a vibration is because you can feel it, you can measure it, you can hear it, it buzzes, you know, it creates geometry from in sands. It's like, it's, it's real, it's a vibration. The same thing happens when your heart is full in love with love. It's giving, rippling out, and you create a coherent field. What they call the, the magnetic field around the heart is the toroidal field. And there's two of them. There's a small one, and then there's a big one. And it just begins to electrify with energy. And it's so amazing as a, as a being where you can bring your attention to your heart and begin to breathe and imagine energy filling up your heart and light. And you're literally creating magnetism and electricity just by thinking like this and focusing on your heart. So you're going to be build this field of coherent heart rhythms with a clear mind that is absolutely observant in love. And then you walk down the street, you know, and then everybody that comes across you, they're like, well, they, they feel it and you just give it. And it just gives because when you're really abundant, what you give, right? So it's just a lot, a lot of these 
a lot of these these masterful integrations are so paradoxical when it gets to the end of it. When you go down the metaphysical quest, at the end, it's paradoxical. You have to sort of abandon everything that you think you, you know and like do the opposite, but then bring it back into everything you know. And then like, it's like, it's paradoxical. And it really takes awareness and wisdom to reach a whole, like a, a full knowledge of self and the real energy to back it up. And I, I always find that really fascinating because I've only met very few characters in, in my path that really had those real knowledge of self and then also real energy where you can feel this magical presence, you know, that impacts you. And I can feel it right now from you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. You know what I mean? As soon as you start talking about the heart, I like it. I just got like blasted. It kind of feels like, and I don't know if you can feel that if you're listening. Yeah, I felt it too. Wow. <laughs> so is that, that's so interesting. So now another question. It was funny. Cause I said, I have a lot of questions and I just gave a statement, just typical Nick's either. So an actual question for you is you're talking about, you've had experiences that people wouldn't believe. I've had, a lot of incredible guests that have talked about a, th a lot of things that are in the metaphysical. So you're not in, you're not in the space where you've got to, you know, yeah, not cool. say how you really feel. So tell me about one of those. If you don't mind, if you've got a, if you've got one that like helped you to open up or, you know, maybe it was one at the beginning. Like I know there's a lot of people listening and thank you to everyone listening. We are definitely growing at a massive rate right now. I appreciate you all. And, um, you know, one thing that I find is a lot of people will ask, how can I get into it? Like, what's the next, like on the metaphysical journey, as you said, what are, what's like maybe what some of the first couple things that kind of led you to actually pursue it versus like just going back into the so-called matrix of society or the, the machine of the way things yeah. should be or the ordinary world? Yeah. You know, uh, for me, it was like, at 18 years old, a lot of things happened. I got a job in a nursing home. I had a huge eye infection. I broke my hand. Like a lot of life events happened. My family was very destructive and dysfunctional. And I had a massive spiritual intervention at that time. And it was like a war going on inside. It was 18. Um, I can tell you many stories right now. And I want to be conscious of the time. But nonetheless, for me to answer that question, and I'll tell you a story. Um, the answer to the question is that for me, I had like no choice. I felt like, I felt like I knew, I, I had in my heart, like if I didn't take responsibility for my life, nothing was going to change. And I didn't grow up. I was like really honestly looking at the horror and the density of my reality at that time as an 18 year old kid, not really having much power. And my mom is still trying, you know, having her influence in my life. and just like I was the byproduct of everyone else's thoughts and ideas and all their images and labels and judgments they had upon me. And so um, the change happened by an honest look and then like some kind of deep intervention inside my heart where I felt like there was something more. And there was more to me, more to life. And I don't know what gave me that strength, but I 
something shifted and I went and I never turned back. And I've been through lots of ups and downs and some scary things. And like, I wasn't somebody that like, you know, had a part-time job and then did life coaching on the side. And I, I can't even, I'm, you can tell I'm, my whole path has been my heart. So I'm like, I'm all in. So from 18, I lived a very intense life from, from going to what I knew to a whole new world and then beginning to travel because I needed to depart myself from my environment at that time and beginning to learn from life. Um, and so to answer that question, for somebody that's, that's really looking to go into metaphysical, it is a battle. It is a battle in your mind and the world and all these energies that are trying to attach to you and keep you into their frame of reference. Um, you have to find the strength inside you. You have to find that inner voice. For me, I associated, I associated comfort or like settling as like, as, as like death itself. I don't know what shifted in my mind, but I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't not go on this path. Because once you kind of are touched, but in a certain way, if you, if I tried to go get a regular job and like have a regular family at this stage of my life, maybe later on in my life, it might be different, but probably not, but I, my soul would rot. My heart would be in pain. My body would physically feel pain. For, for not living my soul's path. That's how ingrained I am in this path. Um, I have given my entire vessel to the light of God to use whatever I am to be its highest expression, to, to serve goodness. It's as simple as that, to serve goodness. Hmm. Whatever all these concepts mean, doesn't matter. It's just um, use this vessel to serve goodness. You know, okay, I have a voice. Okay, I'm going to use the voice. And okay, I can write. Okay, okay, I have this ability to to work with energy. Okay, I'm going to use that. And more gifts and talents are built. So, so you have to make a choice. You have to decide in your soul. Because from the time you're born to you have some kind of awakening where you realize there's a spiritual path and you're at a crossroads, like, you don't know what kind of covenants and vows and oaths you made or your mother or father made on their on your behalf to this machine that has entrapped you into the matrix. So now here you are. Oh, there's another path for me. You don't realize you're entrapped karmically by this matrix and it's going to fight to keep you in that. And so you have to go in your soul. And I would go under the stars, you know, like I would walk in the street and scream to God, you know, I had to use my voice. My voice is what helped me break me through. I would pray. I would pray and I would, I would command my mind to focus on what's most important. And I would put life in perspective and I went for it. And then, wow. and then obviously life grabbed me. I got far enough and it grabbed me and it took me even deeper um so then a question for edge, you yeah yeah real quick uh yeah a couple questions the so when you started to realize um as you're saying that the the 
the Matrix had a hold on you or had a karmic kind of tie. Yeah. How did you let that go? Because I think that's a huge thing, right? Just right there. How do you, I don't even call it escape. How, to me, it's exiting. You just exit when it's time, when you've gotten to that point, you exit. So for you, what was it like to understand that you had karmic uh, ties mm-hmm. and then and then to, to let go and to transcend that? And how, what was that process for you? Well, it's also multifaceted and uh, complex too, right? So like for me, course, like yeah. for me, it was like all these little subtle voices and doubts and feelings and heaviness in the body. This is all part of that, that, that karmic entanglement. So for me, like it's stages of, for me in the beginning it was discipline and organization that helped me, help me concentrate to generate enough energy uh, to get to the next stage. And then, and then it was uh, immersive ceremonies and seminars and retreats that broke me through those relational matrices from our family and the ancestral trauma and then plant medicine, purges and cleans. And then you start meeting all these psychic beings and all these powerful beings and, and they start clearing your energy. And then you're waking up at night with electricity going up your spine and beings working on your nervous. I'm telling you, brother, and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And they just begin to clear you and clean you. But in your heart, you've made the decision a long time ago. And you. So it's like you're guided. Yeah, you're guided. You're guided. So you just got to make the decision, commit to opening up to what could be. And then pathways open up. And then you just decide, I think this is the best thing for me to do at this moment to serve others and to serve. uh, Yeah. And to just tap into love. And if that's my intention, that's good enough. And if you're in a crossroads as well, just always come back to what your decision is. Like you need to make a decision with your soul. That's what I did. I remember I can have a clear memory back when I was 18 where I went down on my knees and I said, I give my soul to this path of goodness. And to me, it wasn't necessarily religious, but people get to that breaking point and it's religion all they could understand, you know? Uh, in the yeah, beginning, was it was religion. Yeah, in the beginning, it was religion. It was religion. I was going, religion was there. So what happens is when you grow up in like a suburban in America and you know, uh, fucking hell, what do you got? You got a psychologist, psychiatrist, and you have a priest. Really? I mean, in the majority of the Western world and then in in the other worlds in in the Eastern world, they have different things. But it's a similar thing. It's just like you have pharmaceutical medicine, people that look at you like, like you're you're some kind of outcast of society, and then you have somebody, uh, a priest, that is telling you to convert to this religion, and so that's all you got. Or you had these like AA meetings and all these meetings of, of people that are trying to get out, but essentially they're systems that are like that's all they really have in those little towns in America. Very rarely is it conscious. Very rarely is there alternatives, and so. I went those traditional approaches in the beginning, and then um, I began to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And I I knew I had to travel to expand my mind. And that was a really important decision I made early on, that I made priority. Even when I didn't have money, even when it was challenging, I knew I had to go because I needed to have real experience because I really wanted to be someone that, that spoke from that from that place of real experience, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And so that's it. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that, I was going to ask you earlier because you said, um, you said God, but I know we're talking about the metaphysical and a lot of times in mm-hmm. Western ideology, those are very two. You don't, you don't combine those two things, uh, from that point of view, because they, they basically mm-hmm. say if it's outside of this book, then it's, then it's a, it's demons. So, you know, oh, what are some gosh. things that you, uh, but these are people talking about the, the, for, for I feel bad, you know, I have sympathy for like the honest seeker scared to fucking death, you know, they grow yeah. up their whole lives watching horror movies of the non-physical what we call the spirit realms and they're all frightening they're all demonic and then you have these books saying if you don't do it this way then they're gonna get you you know all these scary things and then you then you have this like sensitive soul that's like having psychic information and she thinks she's the devil you know and everyone it's just it's just ignorant because the actual foundation of these religions are from saints and saintly people and beings that had this Christed energy. Why right. are you any different? Why is why why can't you reach these states of consciousness where you can actually understand what they're talking about? Because you can't just read that and make the assumption that okay, this is the uh, we're not going to ask questions here. Have you had an experience? How well versed is your experience of these non-physical energies? What are they actually talking about? And at the same time, I also agree with them in, in many capacity, but I can agree because I have a thorough inquiry from within in my own heart. And I do like the principles. I do like the focus on God. And, and also just even with Islam as well. Islam is beautiful. One God, Allah, right? And then you have the prophets and everything. And they also believe in Jesus. But then at the same time, like, it was a time where we needed this religion and then there's a time where the ordinary being is able to be a part of god's creation in full awareness with everybody else and are too looked at as uh, a holy and very important being that is important to pay attention to and every single being is like that when they express their true beauty of their heart, you know? So, um, yeah, complicated, brother. Like I said, the machines just distort and siphons innocence and good and corrupts goodness. But it takes the wise and it takes us to just come back to the simplicity of love to come together. Yeah, and, it's almost uh, like I had this honest. conversation with uh, one of my friends yesterday, actually, he was talking about, I was talking about how there's some things with the law of one and yada, yada. And then I, that I focus just on a personal level. I focus too much on one book and I'm like, I'm ready to expand. And he was like, yeah, when you start looking at books, a lot of times what, uh, especially if it's a book that's like ancient wisdom um, and you don't have the, you, you can't actually talk to who wrote it a lot of the times. Like, like for example, a lot of people follow what the Bible might say, but we can't actually talk to him and say, did you actually say that? <laughs> you know, so it's yeah, tough. And then, yeah, so yeah. then what you're getting at is that we didn't just have the connection to God, source, divinity, universe one time. And that was it. And it was thousands of years ago. And, you know, my friend was talking, that's more of like, that's the dead word, the living word, the dead word of God. And, and it's almost like the mm. living word of God is within us all. 
And we can all access that. And you can call it God, you can call it spirit, source, divinity, truth, even. Like you said earlier, truth radiates truth. in your body. And so we can access that right now. And so truth I think, true. you know, as we progress, we're, we're getting yeah. to that point where beings are, be we can still have that contact with a pure consciousness and uh, with the, you, you could say it's a designer, creator, or just um, another part of you that you've forgotten. You know? Yeah. I mean, truth is truth. Can you imagine if we sat in a circle and we were all from different religions and different parts of life, but just say we were all so blissed out, you know, just our hearts are open and we're just like, looking at each other, not saying anything, and we're smiling or laughing, and we didn't know what anybody believed in, right? And we look around us, and we are just full of love, and we feel safe because we can feel the humanity in everybody. And then somebody says, oh, did you know this person believes this? And uh, God is this, no God. And then they start talking and fighting and getting angry and, and separating, and then, and then leaving each other because they don't want to be in the same space because they believe or they feel they can't trust each other. It's weird because before they opened their mouth, they could trust because they were smiling. They were in their heart. They were looking at the humanity and the living spirit in every single being and in the space. And they were in God presence. And as soon as they opened their mouth to start fucking talking about God, they fell from grace and they began to separate and do the complete opposite of what we all know is really truth. Like it's really, really truth. I'm not talking about, you know, the mental stuff. I'm talking about the stomach, the heart, the true in your heart stuff, the real truth. And so it's interesting, you know, it, it's just an interesting phase that, that we've all been through and there's a lot of history. And I just like to focus on the light. I like to just say, okay, I don't care what you believe. I just love you. Like, it's okay. Can we sit? Can we, can we see the humanity in each other? Can we be in the presence of? And I do feel like as we advance as a collective, we will have less need to talk. Less need to really discuss certain things. Right now, we're doing our part because we're, we're bridging into this new world. Yeah, we're the bridgers. We have a certain type of gift to do this, but you can say so much without saying, without saying so many words. I think the wisdom is inherited inside of us all. The average woman, the average woman is so incredibly psychic and gifted. She is the embodiment of the earth and she knows but she may not like believe it or whatever. And the world tells her something else, but in her body, she can't help it because it's in cycles at the whole thing. And she's feeling all this energy. And you can tell if you really look at a woman, you really observe the feminine energy. You can see how they really want to be in this space and 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 they want to they want to feel and they're so i've learned so much by instead of talking being with them in that space and watching and listening and and i realized wow 
naturally the mother, the woman, they're bringing us all back into this really, really simple, very, very holy, very, very feeling place. And um, I do feel like that's the natural way to build a civilization is around that kind of truth, uh, which is this feeling based. Uh, it is what it is. This is what we feel uh, like the nomadic, our nomadic ancestors. That's all they had to rely on is what they felt and how they instinctively observed the elements and the movements of the wind, sun, etc. So how, how isn't that so holy and important? That is so vast, that kind of faculty of uh, um, intelligence. Intuition, yeah, it's intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's intelligence. And so yeah. it's almost like we think of technology as this thing that's going to advance us, but really there's an inner technology that's already here. For sure. Um, we just got to yeah. tap into that. And it doesn't yeah. seem, for a lot of people, it doesn't seem appetizing because it's like, but I can get all these cool things done. And it's like, well, I mean, there's so much more. It's like, what are you getting those things done for? Oh, you're getting, a lot of times I'm, what I'm referring to is like a, the uh, busyness of society of mm. to become this thing. And a lot of the times I've found that I've followed that type of path just to realize that ain't it chief for me. You know, I did a kinesiology degree and uh, did physical therapy as an internship. And I'm just like, this just ain't it. Uh, you know, it's like you're led to believe that if you just follow this path then it'll be, that's the answer. And you'll feel happy. But I think there's a there's like a level of deconditioning that's happening where we're realizing what actually brings you joy. You know, and it's so hard when you're I because I remember being there thinking about, oh, I could just be in a state of love and I'm gonna be happy. Mm. Like I was so I remember being so skeptical of that, but it wasn't until mm -hmm. I did all of the things that I thought would bring me happiness, then I'm like, oh, okay, I think I'm starting to get it. Mm. you know yeah the same type thing for you yeah absolutely yeah even i i catch myself all the time even now because like i said we're in a game so yeah okay we we still are moving forward but that's okay that doesn't mean you have to operate like that mentally where you're getting your energy siphoned by a future expectation because why can't it all be now experiencing um like an evolution right like uh waves going outward like a pine cone in a way where it's just like kind of always happening outward like that's how life is where it's getting better and better and better and bigger and bigger and bigger and why do we have to make some imagination to get somewhere else like even now i catch myself where i live in such a beautiful place and i enjoy it and i do my best to have my balance with my technology. But then I'm realizing like, you know what? I can be spending way more time in nature. And today I spent three and a half hours lying on this like rocky kind of cliff beach epic place. And I laid there. <laughs> Whereas in the past I would like, I need to do this, this and this. But I laid there and I was content and I was peaceful. And I was like, this was so nice. 
My body felt so good. My mind felt good. I ran back up the mountain, you know. I had an amazing day after that. And I was like, ah, it's a game. It's an inner game and an outer game, right? There are laws to the physical that must be respected, but there is laws to the spiritual that also must be respected. All right, tell me about because some of those laws. Ah, okay. And then I'll tell you an experience also that a story of an experience that is pretty cool. Um, these laws, man, there's it's a balance because. The energy that at least I'm operating in is in a law of vibration. It's very simple. Also, uh, my body uh, accumulates energy and heat. And so I, as a conscious being, am responsible to manage that energy and that heat. Uh, so what I mean is like discharging my body from psychic energy of those around me when it gets too heavy. Um, also, the technology, noticing how that affects my nervous system and being able to discharge that. Discharge it through my wrist, through my hands, through my feet, in nature, with my mind to begin to self-regulate. Um, so there's loss of the body like that and like heat. For example, if there's body burns too much heat, then it can begin to affect the cognition in a certain way. So these types of laws. Um, what else? That's super interesting. Yes. Um, also, something I notice as well is my thoughts and my heart. So for me, I operate a lot around my heart. My heart is kind of like my mind. So if my heart's in pain, um, it can affect my mind. And I think that's the case for most people, but um, I, can't, I can't separate the two. So for me, I have to really maintenance my heart. So that means I have to process a lot of emotional energy and, uh, and to charge my heart with energy and to center my heart in love and in truth. And um, that will dramatically affect everything around me. Also, there's a law too, where it's like you can notice your energy. If it's leaning, is it needy? Is it in the future? Is it, are you leaning? Are you pulling, right? This kind of psychic tension with manifestation and with relationships and polarity, you can feel this kind of push and pull in your life. You're kind of dancing with this energy. If you're too needy, it kind of leaves, you know, right? But then if you neglect it, then it kind of leaves. So you kind of, kind of stay in this energy, right? And for me, it's also very fascinating too, where like everybody in my field that's like connected to my heart and connected to my emotional body, I could feel them around me all the time. And I can hear their thoughts uh, when they think of me, especially. And so what happens is my... In the past, I would get overwhelmed and I would just I would just like close off and then that would affect my relationships. And as a leader, I can't really do that. I can't do that a lot because people are relying on me for strength. So just the thought of me gives them strength. So whole, like being able to do what I need to do to care for myself 
and to hold the integrity with who's in my field. Right? That's also a law. Also, if you're telepathically picking up that there's some kind of leakage of energy in a relationship uh, or in a business or something you're going to do or you procrastinate and it's kind of there, right? That's also another little law. It's like, no, you need to bring this here because everything's being affected by this here, by this being neglected. So you have to bring it. So it's just, it's constantly scanning, scanning your body. You'll be amazed too how there could be something going on in your body. And if you can surrender and really curiously think and contemplate, you'll be able to regulate your own body. You know how to do it. But you have to get out of this certain type of personality and curiously and freely allow spirit to move you. And you'll be able to regulate your nervous system. So the, obviously the laws of regulation, the laws of energy, the laws of your relationships also matter. For me, the, the heart center matters tremendously. Also, I know too, like for example, for men, our sexuality, uh, how we function is that it builds pressure and then we want to explode. So what happens is if we don't maintenance that pressure, then that's when we can get overwhelmed and we can eat or we can... We, we can do that action that gives us that instant stimulation and, and comfort to ourselves that, got, that distracts our path, right? For some people, that's consumption of something. But it's just this suppressed sexual energy. It's pressure, and it's not shameful. It's not guilty. It's just the way the male sexual energy is. It builds this pressure, and it needs to release the pressure. And so um, to understand that, then... To be a, uh, uh, an actual, mm, I don't know what you want to call it, but like just a, a superior human in a way where you really want to use your faculties to their highest, then you're going to have to understand the sexual energy and not shame it, not guilty, not make it guilty, just <laughs> or not impulsively use it. But to understand, okay, my body's going to build in pressure like a cycle. And I'm going to need to develop a routine where I am transmuting this through into my heart and into my pineal gland. And when you can begin to circulate like this, then you begin to actually reach a certain type of magnetism that most like powerful women feel, where they're feeling sensual and connected to everything and everything's magnetizing them to themselves. And that's kind of the sexual energy for a man is very challenging work. It's also it's different for women because um, they're naturally in their whole body. So I think the pressure is a little bit different for them. Um, so as a man, you have, to, you have to work with that. And these are just things that are coming through, my brother. Mm. So with the pineal gland, mm -hmm. what exactly is the pineal gland? So to my understanding, it is a gland in the center of the brain that that has a pathway from the spinal fluid what do they call it what's the actual cerebral spinal fluid cerebral spinal fluid this fluid can circulate through the body and enter into the pineal gland 
And uh, from my understanding, it has an, a, an electrical charge around it. And what this does is release natural occurring DMT, also melatonin, and all types of brain chemicals that we feel when we are in a deep state of meditation and or on a plant medicine journey. How I feel it practically is I bring this breath and I move this fluid in my body and I really work with my spinal cord and, and my brain. I feel this electrical charge around my brain. It increases my cognition and it increases my, my inner vision. Uh, I see light. I can see fractals of light when I close my eyes at night when my body is circulating. Uh, it's maybe hard to understand for someone that hasn't had this experience, but you, this is not like um, somebody comes and blesses you with like spiritual power. This is your body functioning how it's supposed to function and actually moving in the way it can move and bringing this energy into your brain, mm. which increases brain chemicals that can give you an heightened sense of intelligence. So I say yes. So the pineal gland, from my understanding, is, is a gland that maybe actually works as somewhat of a magnet and a transmuter. I try not to use any words that I've learned uh, from other scientists and the ways they describe things. I want to share with you from my personal experience. But essentially, it's like a transmuter. It transmutes. Like it, it reaches a certain level of like electrical charge. And then like, like some kind of rhythm can click on. And you can enter into this like sometimes the back of my spinal cord here vibrates at night it's like this like buzzing boom and i get catapulted into a vivid vision i mean completely vivid experience like than this real yeah and my whole path wasn't like this i mean it was a long time i've meditated i've done all this long time but now i, I can wake up in the middle of the night my back of my spinal cord is buzzing boom i'm catapulted into a vivid vision and so that's pretty cool and i've been practicing this i have i know what to do i have the knowledge <clears throat> so ding ding wow so do you think that the, the pineal gland activates once we do is there exercises or is that a natural occurrence or do you think it's sometimes both or I think massive amounts of people are suppressed sexually um, and that energy gets blocked and distorted by the emotions in the body and or they don't know what to do with that energy. So it gets uh, released. Um, and so I think that people are dormant. I think they're dormant and clogged. I want you to think of it like that because that's what it feels like. It's like clogged and dormant and there's all this kind of corrode, corrosion that's like blocking the, the pipe, so to speak. So it takes one to, um, you can have it spontaneously, uh, but it takes breath work. It takes vigorous movement. 
meditation and uh, understanding how to move your spine can take dance. Plant medicine can break through those emotional corrosions and zoom that energy shoots right up. So uh, I would say take your time with it too. There's no rush because um, it's not just like, okay, seeing these visions are cool and everything. Um, there's more to the picture. You're not enlightened yet, you know? There's more to the picture than seeing visions. Like you you have to have a body that's prepared to handle this electrical energy, this, this light, because it can hurt the body uh, and burn out the hormones. It can fuck up your life. And then if you're really not solid and have a solid support system, then you can get really afraid and become like, you know, go back, try to go back out of the mother's room and you can't, you know? Then you're stuck in between the world and you have to deal with that until you gain wisdom and get out of that situation. But essentially you want to do it with, you want to practice slowly and purify your body so that you can handle the electricity that comes when you have these types of activations. So you can activate uh, the pineal gland too early and it can be disastrous essentially for I think you? So. It happened to me, mm. but it didn't happen in the sense of activating my pineal gland. More so, I awakened my kundalini energy, which is what we're calling is this cerebral spinal fluid. Um, it seems like there's some sort of coiled snake in the base of your spine, but this energetically opens at a certain point. So I'll tell you a story. I... Um, Years ago, years ago, maybe five years ago now, um, I was traveling around the world. I was, this time I was in America. I just did a retreat in Montana. And uh, I went back to California where I was staying. I started having dreams. My path was changing. It was going deeper more into more of like a nature-based, shamanic type of mystical side more than the personal development knowledge side you know it's going into the mystery like really fully into it and uh i was having um a, a woman prophesied though i met a woman and she was like you are going to be guided to a teacher in central america and pay attention to jaguar and uh, she's like you're going to be taught this very deep trauma work not for the faint of heart and you're just going to be led there you know and she told me a bunch of other things that was interesting about like maybe three to six months later i met a woman in in la and she was a very powerful woman and she was in um in her own way she channeled extraterrestrials so we're on your podcast right so she would channel octorians and which is where I'm, my my uh, frequency also resonates with is Octorus. And um, her and I got together and I started going through these heart activations, series of them. I actually went to England. And I came back to LA. When I was in England, I met this woman that said I came to her in her dreams four times and I needed to meet her. And we met in Glastonbury and we were at the sacred well. She put her hands over my heart when my eyes were closed. And it felt like... Um, have you ever got a trick pen where, like, they electrocute you? That's yeah. just, it numbs your finger. It felt like that in my heart. So I went through a series of these heart activations kind of preparing me. 
And what was interesting was that around that time I was with this woman, we we were ready to go travel the world together and start our life together. And she wanted to go to Guatemala. And um, the same time I had a client that hired me to go to Guatemala. So it was perfect. Fast forward. The relationship we realized early on wasn't going to work, but we had a spiritual mission together. So we went separate to Guatemala. I met with my client. She took me to Lake Atatlan. Lake Atatlan, if your listeners don't know, is a very special lake. The crater lake surrounded by volcanoes. One of them is active, shooting lava out. And, and there's these little villages with the Mayan people uh, mixed in with spiritual travelers from all over the world and sort of a hub of healing. And so my client took me there. And then my girlfriend at the time, which we were splitting up of. She was having dreams about Tikal and the Jaguar Temple in Tikal, which is northern Guatemala, and it's basically a pyramid city that was abandoned by the ancient Mayan people. She was having dreams about it. So here I am now in Central America. My path is changing. I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing spirits in the land. Like um, I go from being completely uh very strong and very logical based practical based to actually like my heart is opening at a massive rate and um touching and interacting with these energies that are beyond logic and i'm fully in i meet with this woman in Tikal. the guardian of the gate knew we were there uh knew who we were they let us in early three o'clock in the morning to go to the ceremonial site. We wind up doing uh, an activation there with the stars. And, um, and then we said our goodbyes. I'd never seen her again. The last thing she said to me, she said, there is a guy that summons jaguars in Belize. I think you need to go to him. <laughs> last yeah. time I've seen her. And at this time, I was going in meditation, metamorphosing into a jaguar. So I would feel like a jaguar, like, like I, I would feel like a jaguar. Uh, I would metamorphose in my meditation, and I'm having dreams of getting visited by extraterrestrials, all different kinds of beings, and they were guiding me. And uh, they were telling me, okay, it's safe here, and it's like, okay, you're on the right path. And I just decided that I'm going to commit fully to my intuition at this time. I'm going all in. And so I wind up going into Belize and going into this little town on the coast. Belize is interesting because it's a, it's a country that's colonized by Britain. So they speak English, but they brought Africans over. And then the Britons left and the Mayan people went into the forest and the Africans stayed on the coast. So it's like the Caribbean on the coast and then Mayan ancient world in the forest. And they all speak English. So it's about full moon. I was there for a week on the coast and I needed to go to this forest to find uh, this guy that can summon jaguars. And um, I get sick, super sick, like parasite kind of sick. And I finally decided to go into the forest and they, they, they would rent out these little huts like six miles into the forest where the uh, the rangers would have their office during the day. 
and uh, you can rent out a hut. So I'm by myself out in this fucking hut, sick as a dog, you know, like, and uh, before I went into the forest, I saw, like, on the way, there was this, like, little village type of thing, and I said, Mayan herbal teas. So it was full moon. And uh, I go out just at dusk, so it's getting dark. And the rangers were there leaving in a truck. And I said, hey, can you take me to where they're selling the herbal teas at the, down the road? He said, yeah, just hold on a second. So then I said, okay. And I turn around. <laughs> you won't believe me. But this floating white luminescent jellyfish thing, like an avatar. You know in the god, the god Enwa? come and there would be like these little things that would yeah. touch it was like this thing floating down and just i've never seen anything like it before and it was weird because i was like in this altered state and it starts talking to me you know <laughs> so he's like take me to the mother tree i'm like fucking hell I was, what is going on you know this is and i said listen i need to put you here because i gotta go and i put it there and eventually i got it and i found that there was this huge saber tree that was the mother tree of this forest and i wind up taking it there and doing a ritual which was very beautiful but um anyway i wind up going into this this uh this truck taking me down this this road in the forest and show up at this person's home and they had some other rooms as well and a big maloka and there was only two people there. It was the Aurora, the medicine woman, the lineage medicine woman, and then the Mayan priest. And uh, they just got back from a pilgrimage. And she saw that I was sick. So she sits me down. And she puts her hands on my veins. And she starts to whisper in ancient Maya. And no joke, she shocks me with electricity. <laughs> Went through my body to the other side. And she starts to clean me with this leaf. And I said, and then at the end, I said, what did you do? She said, oh, your blood was stagnant. So we got it moving. And she shocked me with electricity through a prayer. And, uh, and then I talked to her and she's like, you're here for initiation. She's like, we never done this for any Westerner. But we just got back from pilgrimage and you're here for a reason. And you have to do this sort of initiation on a certain day of the month and it was literally the day before like two days before that day and then the end of the initiation was the last day i had on my visa so then they took me in and they brought me to a very interesting kind of ceremonial very ancient indigenous just me and them and uh they called me balum and Balum is the word in that Mayan dialect, the Mopin Mayan dialect for Jaguar. So then they initiated me under the name Jaguar. So this is something you can't make up. After I left this, though, during that time, this energy rose up into my body and blasted open into my heart. And I would be like, I would go into this empty space, this empty blissful space, and there's this heat in my core, this deep heat. But then I would open my eyes and I would be in an ancient world. My reference was an ancient world. So 
I went back to, um, I had a retreat to do in Hawaii and I was not the same. I wasn't the same with my friends. And then it became very scary because it was like, where do I go? I was sitting there praying like in the forest, you know, and like, and this heat, heat, my whole identity shifted and obliterated. You could have called me Frank. You would say, Frank. I said, who is this? I was like, what? I was empty of, of this type of identity. And, and it was funny enough, it actually led me on this kind of pilgrimage. I just kept going. And I was really sensitive and kind of breaking down. And I wound up going to an island next to this one, Ibiza. And I went to the north of Ibiza and I stayed in a yurt in a forest. And I wind up having like a mental breakdown. And this heat threw my hormones out of balance. And uh, Although I was having deep, powerful experiences, this darkness arose from within me. This fear entered my heart. This courageous, kind of powerful, very disciplined soul. Now I was shattered and fragmented. And what was so interesting about this, like it was... I'm, I was blessed because I had people around me that were very powerful psychics and healers, leaders, strong people that loved me and knew who I was. So they were able to protect me for me to go through this process. But then it led after several years of attracting to me people that understood really nuanced trauma, ancestral trauma. And then when you start going down this path, you begin to understand time. You begin to understand karma and uh, karma slash trauma between entities, uh, chunks of time, meaning like errors of time, groups of people. And as you go deeper down this path, then you begin to understand DNA. And then you begin to understand dormant psychic abilities and advancements in intelligence. And then it goes deeper into sound, which has led me now. So through this whole path, it has led me to understand this trauma work from within. There was no fucking teacher. I went into this initiation and I was hoping that they would teach me things. And they taught me so many, uh, so much simple wisdom. But my ego at that time was like, give me the metaphysical, the esoteric knowledge. And they were like, wake up 5 a.m., sit here. And we burned and we prayed. We prayed to the spirits of nature and we did these very simple things, but I was pushing and pushing and pushing. And I realized I was looking at myself in my own mirror. It was at my own creation and that it was within myself the whole fucking time. There was no teacher waiting for me to teach me anything. Most wow. of the teachers that are brought, brought to us are there to like either trigger us or activate us. And maybe pass along some wisdom that you may not understand in the moment. But essentially, um, it led me to really understanding trauma and the nervous system. was where my path has led me to sound and to sacred sites, etc. Wow, so I think that's pretty, it's pretty cool, you know? Like, I didn't make yeah. this shit up. This is for real. What a life. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. So I've got two more questions for you and uh the first question is what is the meaning of life hmm. let, me turn, let me turn on this light, 
Um, it got dark real quick, life. didn't it? Yeah, it did. Real quick. <laughs> um, the meaning of life. So different for everybody. What do you think the meaning of life is? Just just for you. It doesn't have to be for everyone, just for you. The meaning. interesting because the way that I think what I see so misleading if I give an answer you know that's the complexity of wisdom because if I say the meaning of life is to know yourself to realize yourself I'm given a goal and what's so weird is that it works backwards it's not that (laughs) what I'm saying and what it actually is is so different so I, I feel this like this is passion, man. Like I can cry because it's like it can never be translated. This mystery. We long to make sense of it, but somewhere in between that is this beautiful, deeply meaningful experience of translating the inside, the source. of making sense of the I. I feel personally my meaning because of the world that I seem to have fallen into and maybe have created as well. I feel like I I feel like I must stay focused in the vision of a physical creation of man and woman in harmony with the soul of this planet in love and in truth and in wisdom and technology that supports the human nervous system and the progression of consciousness that is all for love. And so my mission, my meaning, is to realize this authentically within myself and to embody and create a dream so beautiful that others want to join me, you know? Come, let's all join in each other's dream. Let's all have, uh, you know, different aspects of this dream. This is the core dream. Let's share in this dream together. I want to realize this dream. That's my meaning. And so it is. All right. So one more question then. Well, you said that you're, you, you kind of resonate with our tourists, right? Yes. 
right. Let's say that they just decided to come. You know what? Let's just pick him up. Let's just pick. I think it's his time is done on the planet. Let's come pick him up. <laughs> Let's take him. It's it. Uh, now you were you knew that you were gonna leave, and you had yeah. one message to give the mm. world, and you before you never talk to anyone from Earth again. What would that message be? <laughs> oh man. Ah, wow. Um, I would say that fucking hell, bro. I feel, I feel. So much love for this earth and for humanity. I don't. I. I. What comes to me is like for the honest, for the honest seeker, love is always there. Like, and also for all of Earth, I would say that you have everything that you need. Yeah, you have everything that you need, and love is technology <laughs> your nervous system is technology yes imagine what what you can be as a species when you knew that love vibration Imagine what you're able to do. And that was that that will never leave you. That is your gift. That is who you are. So this incredible, vast, multi-dimensional technology called love, pure source of energy, is what you are, and it will never leave you. And you have access if you want to use your imagination in a good way to create something miraculous <laughs> you know yeah. yes and be kind to the planet be kind to the earth she is has everything you need Get me emotional, man. I feel it a lot in words, you know, come off all funny. But that's it, man. That's what I would say. I say love is technology. You have it within you always. It'll never leave you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and there it is. All right, man. Excellent. Thank you. There it is. So my, uh, I guess I do have one more question. Where can people find you? And what do you got going on? Do you have any, uh, you got any courses? You got any books? You got any uh, things people could participate in? Or what's going on with Frank? Yes, yes, I have a whole new series of events that I want to bring to the world. So I'm looking for event organizers and promoters and people to help me book places to get groups and audiences in the room so that I can share with them these heart activations, voice 
activations. And what I'm really working on is bringing together a team of superheroes so we can create a documentary film to go around the sacred sites and a research team uh, to study sonic sound technology in these sacred sites and to tell stories, share it with the world. That's really what I'm destined to do, brother. And uh, I, I need to reach more people. Yeah, in person. So if you want to connect with me, you can send me an email. Uh, contact Frank Joseph IV at gmail.com. Or you can go to my social platforms as well. And that's it. Maybe awesome. I'll see some of you. Awesome. I'll put that in the description so anyone can get to that easy. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or if you're on YouTube, that way you can connect with him because I think... It, it would definitely benefit you. It's got nothing but value and wisdom coming. Spit from Frank today. Thank you again for Thank coming you. on. It was a pleasure, man. Thank you, brother. It was. Woo! Wow. What an episode. Incredible. I mean, I just... That's one you just gotta... You gotta really sit back and, and really comprehend how powerful you can be if you open your heart now i think that was a big lesson of today's podcast is if you just tap into this energy it's like you can be led by this no matter what society says no matter what anyone else has to say and that there is a there's a force you can call it whatever you want that is taking care of you and it's doing so much for you already beating your heart uh, you know, there's so many different functions that we don't have to do. And that that force will guide us if we are open, if we follow love. And so incredible, incredible episode. Let me know what you think down below. If you're in the comments here on YouTube, if you're on YouTube, let me know in the comments. And um, yeah, to support me, hey, to support this podcast, if you've got time, I would really, really appreciate a like here on YouTube because youtube loves when you give it a like and give it a comment you subscribe to the channel hit the bell so you know when we get the the uh, next podcast rolling and if you're on spotify or apple Podcasts, if you leave a review just let me know in the reviews there that would be amazing it very much helps when you leave reviews on on those two so other than that check out my book 10 secrets of awakening again if you're into life transformation consciousness self-realization these topics i think it'll really be a value of awakening you and empowering you in this life all right so again i hope you enjoyed today's podcast otherwise i will see you in next week's episode and until then peace